0: Welcome to Lesser Known Self, a podcast focused on the intersection of music and mental health for people of color. If today's your first visit to this corner of podcast land, thank you so much for dropping by. We hope you return. And if you're a returning listener or a friend of mine, thank you for supporting this podcast and coming on back. Today's guest is Caleb Parker, better known as Collaborate, an MC, artist, producer, and all-around creative from Berkeley by way of Sacramento. In this episode, we dive deep into his new album, Light Hit My Skin, how people feel about Berkeley and how he feels about Berkeley and his relationship to mental health and therapy. I really enjoyed talking to Caleb, and I think you will enjoy the conversation as well. But before we dive into that interview, I'm going to play a little bit of his latest single, Contact, featuring Code of the Friend.
1: Skin. The weight on my heart The flame on my pen The chip on my shoulder That's stacking on ten The blunt in my hand helped me run from my friends Oh you got a problem That shit happens often Shoulder and that Trying to chase my dreams It's so exhausting And I got haters Acting like they ain't Shit in their closet Well since we here talking I'm to empty mine out Let's visit my house No words really spoke Just me and auntie Working to dig ourselves Out of holes I wake up everyday And roll what I got left And if I'm all out I know there's some On her shelf I know that's fucking low, but fucking low is where I'm dwelling. I gotta make it now, cause if I don't, there's no telling. I was 24, still sleeping on floors. Sneaking girls in, still peeking through doors. They say I'm slated to make it, that's not on this bank statement. But I never even hear them real men stay patient. I've been here five years, grinding harder than you think, man. So if pulling me down is. Even close to what you're thinking Just know I'm not afraid to die for the shit that I believe in I'm gon' stay forever, you the one that's gon' be leaving I'm gon' be heating up and you the one that's gon' be steaming I realize when I wake my peace of mind might be in danger I feel deep in my heart, my biggest haters aren't strangers I feel their energy, they judging me for claiming Berkeley But it meant to me what Oakland meant to short when he was 14 I don't see why I'm defending shit that made me what you look at Shout out to all the ones that showed me love at all the cookouts KTR, Shout out to the ones that accept me for me Shout out to the homie for selling me good weed You might catch a contact if you fuck around
0: with me yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Shout out to the ones that accept
2: me for me Shout out to the homie for selling me Hey Caleb, how you doing? Uh, hello,
0: hello uh, Can you hear me? Oh hey, I what what's hear up you? I'm doing well, thanks for doing this interview
2: No problem, Thank you for having me and good morning to you also
0: yeah, no problem. So um, I'll go ahead and get things started. So who are you and what's important to you?
2: Uh, my name's Caleb Parker, also known as Collaborate. And uh, uh, what's important to me is uh, music, God, my family, my health, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, people.
0: Okay, people, I like that. Uh,
2: Good people. Yeah.
0: Good people. Not enough yeah. of that so <laughs> right. You, <laughs> right exactly how have you been how did COVID-19 or slash 2020 change things for you uh
2: it was I've, I've been okay okay um I've, I've definitely gotten better in some areas and uh had to rebuild in others like um I guess I've, I've been solid I've been with my family um health-wise mm-hmm. I've been cool no- nobody that I've None of my loved ones have caught the virus or, you know, um, suffered from anything like that. So I've been very blessed on that front. And then, um, as far as you know, how how it's affected me, it's affected my creative process and sort of my social, basically my my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my life completely um, everywhere else except my health. I've been fine. Health, you know, COVID nineteen slash twenty twenty one. Whatever it has has not impacted me. Um, like itself as a virus Um, yeah more so like the cultural and social changes have have definitely like impacted my life more I I hang out with my peers a little less I obviously Mm. don't get out and do you know concerts or things like that but um, yeah in the in the positive it has uh, forced me to sort of look like turn inward and 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 to um, sort of like shine that flashlight on some of my own things and and look at what what can like make me happy how I can be happy being with myself instead of by myself what kind of music I want to listen you know doing stuff that I really truly want to do so it's been some good and that way getting more in touch with myself a little bit of bad and losing touch with the social aspect of being a human and then yeah (laughs) um, blessed though you know realizing um health is wealth and and having that you know so that's that's Absolutely. A little bit of good, a little bit of bad, a little bit in between.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a good point. Um, You recently did an interview with Uproxx, and you said that you've grown a lot as, you know, a, a brother, a son, and, you know, the different relationships that you hold with people. So yep. in what ways do you feel like you've grown personally through the pandemic?
2: Uh, man. I would say like to be more specific on those I would say you know I was, I've been living with my family with my mother side of the family during mm-hmm. the pandemic so I've become like a more uh more cognizant of my have how my uh, career and, and the moods that come with it affect people I've began to read a lot more with with the new mm-hmm. like time that I've had um I've strengthened my relationship my my spiritual relationship um mm-hmm. with god and and like you know the bible and my faith i've strengthened that um and then i'm trying to you know musically too like i think i think i'm clearer than ever in in what i want clearer mm-hmm. than i've ever been in terms of what i want to make and and i'm so in tune now with what feels right musically um because there's no there's a lot less distractions and sort of a lot less like energy to to like come and and sort of like confuse maybe the situation oh this the song I want to do or that you know what I mean now I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm at home all day with it so if I don't want to do it I'll just skip to something else you know
0: absolutely Uh, if I don't
2: if I don't want to make this so I've I've become a little bit more decisive you know I've just grown in uh in 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 ways that seem sort of like small, but I think, you know, in the long run, in the future, they're really gonna have an impact, you know, in, in a good way.
0: Oh, for sure. And I mean, like, even in just, we'll, we'll talk about this more a little bit later, but um, even just this album that you just put out, I feel like you can tell that you, you clearly, not to say like you never had a vision for your previous albums, but I feel like this one in particular, I feel like you're seeing, yourself come into your own creatively and we're getting to see you have a vision and getting to execute on that and I think that that's super cool.
2: Sure that's 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 awesome to hear I was uh yeah I I gotta admit sometimes I watch uh YouTube reviews or something like that on my project and it's good to hear that because I felt I watched these guys a couple couple nights ago and they're like man get it together <laughs> I was like,
0: oh, oh God, no I, I mean I, gotta, I think
2: I click off this <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> no yeah I I don't I think that probably I mean it's a good thing that I think that you're open to criticism but like sure. also at the same time I think like because this is an album where even for me as an interviewer like normally I listen to a record like once or twice and I'm able to kind of like pull you know dive into the lyrics and come up with questions but I feel like with this album this album is more of like 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 a grower, like I definitely had to listen to it over and over and over again and each time I listened to it I felt like I could get something new out of it so I think that that might be the issue that you're coming across with like people who are reviewing your album I think this is just an album that needs time to sit with you need to like watch the short films you need to like try to get into your headspace but um
2: sure I I I, it's funny I said the same thing (laughs) I was like mm -hmm. you know what I think it's more like it's probably just a little different than a lot of people get from me, but yeah, but that's, that's, that's nice to hear. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, what's, up. that's what's up. No, Appreciate for sure. You listening that many times. Too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No worries. Um, so for those unfamiliar with you, can you tell us a bit about your journey as an artist, like when you started writing and, and how you've gotten yeah. to where you are today?
2: Uh, yeah. So I started writing early, you know, late, late teen years, 16, 17. And, um, if, music has always been very cathartic for me very you know therapeutic in terms of and and and, and almost like um diary like mm. um you know hints a lot of my stuff being very personal and introspective and um so that that's that's something that i think is going to be a consistent theme probably throughout much of my music is that it's going to feel very um personal very close uh, no matter no matter what kind of genre i i branch out to but uh yeah. i started yeah late teens and some of my i mean my influences the, the range of influences is so broad and i think that that's why I, I make such different or unique types of music a lot of my influences are have traditional ones tupac outcast mm-hmm. you know lauren hill uh marvin gay confunction the isley brothers gap band i mean you know snoop Dogg. we can go all the traditional Prince, Madonna, Run DMC, we get all the traditional artists. And then there are other influences of electronic groups, um Aphex Twin, rock groups like L C D Sound System,
0: mm-hmm. groups
2: like Little Dragon, um, Shlomo, uh instrumental. So just music is like like um uh, truly like the, the the thing you know like i said i've been working on my faith and and so i, I look at music and, and and the things that sort of embody the music business as like earthly worldly things you know it's not like a spiritual god thing this is like people do it every day this is something that we kind of put a value amount on a dollar amount on sell like that and of all the things that are like bought and sold and created by people music is definitely my personal favorite it's like the best, mm-hmm. it's like just the best thing. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like I don't feel like I'm buying or selling or working or anything like that when I'm making music. I definitely feel like I'm working when I'm doing social media engagement or reading contracts or mm-hmm. doing the pretty much the, the stuff that has nothing to do with the making of the music, of course. Yes, yeah. that's the worst part ever of life because it's like, uh,
1: it's
2: like, uh, I don't know, marrying somebody and then a great person but their career just sucks so bad you always got to like go do these things you don't really like but you love them i absolutely mm-hmm. love music but i i hate the um the music business part of it but it's you know it's hey gotta do it if you want to if i want to engage in this career and so um to to shorten that all up I, I've, I've always loved music more than really basketball food clothes girls mm-hmm. <laughs> like i love music Yeah, it's so great and so i'm just constantly you know if you're if you dive into my catalog you will hear me um doing this sort of like shameless um work of of trying to like create something uh, special and, and 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 new and uh some some of the music it definitely i think sometimes it really works and, and there's glimpses of like this overall complete like project of music that I'm trying to trying to make with songs like for willem or caught up or soul mm-hmm. or um you know contact or homecoming whatever i have these songs where i feel like i kind of hit the nail on the head but uh i'm definitely attempting at trying to do something a little different and uh because i love music so much it's just you just get a lot of raw pure uh artistry between you know love between me and the and the music and and so yeah that that's that's a little bit of my background i'm just a music lover and have been doing it since i was a late teen and i, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon and yeah um, yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of writing I haven't done too much production but I've done a lot of my own writing a lot of uh the production in terms of sequencing the song and putting mm-hmm. backing vocals here doubles things like that so I'm just I'm just a real like chemist with the music
0: yeah for sure and do you feel like you know in in prior interviews you've you've talked a about yourself as an artist, an MC, and how that makes you a bit different. Um, How do you feel like the label of conscious rap like helps or takes away from
2: what you're doing? I feel like it helps because I just, I think um, I've been put in like, I guess maybe I've been put in that box more than any other box that Mm -hmm. i could possibly be put in i'm not gonna i haven't been put in the like experimental alternative box well i think i'm going into the alternative box a little more yeah it's been happening like a little bit more over the year like the past like 12 months it's been popping up a little bit here and there because it's hard i think to call a lot of my music i mean there's a lot of strong songs of mine that i wouldn't go so far as to consider like conscious rap so much as they Mm -hmm. are like Introverted or personal rap. I don't know sports called conscious, but
1: yeah. I mean, I guess, bro.
2: I guess any black person, like, I feel like any black person who's like openly eloquent or purposefully like smart or wise or any anything, like, you're always gonna get put in this like smart nigga or like you mm-hmm. know spoken outspoken. You always are. You know what I mean? You're never just for like sure. This- well you're never just yourself yeah like paul thomas anderson is a director of like a lot of great you know they're never gonna be like he's this like woke conscious director you know he's Mm -hmm. he's they just call him a great great you know artist and i I mean i maybe i haven't read enough press about him but um it certainly doesn't seem like he gets put in some like box whereas a white filmmaker he is like consciously it's just like Mm -hmm. nah bro like you just you just telling stories that are. Pertinent or that that matter to you, um and, yeah. and that in, in itself is a case study, and and, and sure. individual you know individual case study, and so that's how that's how I see it, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of used to viewing people and things and stuff like I've, I, you know, I listen to music and I I thought Playboy Cardi was cool before the Playboy Cardi album came out before a lot of people were like okay with it, and then it's it's, it's sort of I'm I'm sort of used to like. Being okay with shit before it—it's okay with everybody else. Like I'm, I'm sort of used to yeah. being like, you know, I, I I like when people push boundaries and stuff without putting a, a, lim- a label or anything like that on them. And so for me, I, I kind of it, it's expected. Mm-hmm. And I think in the near future, like it's gonna it's gonna wash away. Um, oh
0: yeah, I I, I feel like it, we're, we're definitely. Away getting closer to that. I think that people are realizing through like personal advocacy that black people have to be so many different things to so many different people. And sure. to that point, we also have like a wide variety of interests and just cause we're black doesn't mean that we don't listen to rock music. We don't listen to uh, these other facets of music that we've created. Um, and so I think that we're getting closer to like Blending those lines so that like kids, I think our generation is the last generation of kids that have to be like, "Oh, you're weird for listening to that shit." Like, Word. I don't think that kids coming up any further will have to deal with like having to have like identity issues around their interests. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, and, and, I, and I and I like hope for that. You know, that's my goal. I feel that like there's a. Um, it's gonna sound a little easy but you know a world where like a a world where um it's just not a big deal if um you're white and you can dance or if you're black and you don't do this or that or you talk like Mm -hmm. this or you you know or if you're i don't know i don't know what it is for sure like right now we live in this it's like a click you know like a clickbait or like a you know like what's the what's the thing sort of What's the like taboo? Two taboo things sort of put together. Like, look at this black kid with rock aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's crazy. That's wacky. Like, what's going on over there? Yeah, Um, no, I agree. And it's just a kid who likes um, rock or identifies with it's as simple as it's as simple as like um, not liking eggs or cheese or something. It's not like wow, look at this Mm -hmm. white person. They don't like. It's just like oh, you don't like that type of food okay cool what do you yeah like no exactly the sum of who you are so so yeah um, I think yeah I'm glad to hear you say that too as a as a journalist because I it's something that I'd be like thinking but I don't get a chance to talk with or or sort of like go over that with a lot of other artists I don't I don't know if it's like on on their radar person you know necessarily
0: oh yeah anyway it's good to hear you say that Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I've talked about it on the show. Like, I grew up as a quote-unquote alternative Black kid, so I have a lot of feelings towards um, what that means, like, in terms of As it relates to your personal growth, because I definitely feel like being labeled, like as a person that doesn't even listen to music, like everybody has to deal with labeling. I think like when it comes to music, it becomes more prevalent, but like those, those issues don't go away and even rappers or MCs, artists have to deal with that. Um, It's just on a larger scale, but Let's dive straight into the album really quick. So you put out an album titled Light Hit My Skin. What inspired the title and what does it mean to you?
2: Uh, the title was inspired by some uh, the song, The Madness on the on the album. And uh, we're just sitting in the car listening to, this was maybe last, so last summer, last, uh, last January. Um, and we're mm-hmm. sitting in the car riding riding around la um and that that line just really stuck out and so we started like talking about it like damn would that be a cool like title mm-hmm. um i like does that shit make sense for you know what i mean is it, is it a cool statement but also does it make sense and then we started to discuss kind of how how it makes sense um and all of the different forms of of light um and then what light represents i mean just it just it just stuck it was like I think we after like the first like three, sort of like rational. I don't know if I want to call it rationalizations, but like the first time, the first three times that we said, yeah, because light hits your skin, so like sunlight shine like gold, like that speaks toward your like blackness or your color, like being proud of the way you shine in the sun and your melanin. But then also like stage light, like camera phone light, or like traffic light like any type of light hitting your skin like a street light at night is like Mm. I mean imagine if you're like out all night like you know there's all types of lights there and then you know how fast light travels the ranges of different colors what they mean etc 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 and I just felt like this sort of like eclectic project it's very diverse when you Mm -hmm. think of um like I, I kept going going having this like prism um sort of like image in my head which is just you know all the all the different colors basically of the rainbow whatever like refracting through light and I just feel like there's a lot of different colors on this project sometimes I feel like the madness is like orange and yellow and I feel like um contact is like smoky gray and like hazy Mm. blue you know what I mean and no place to go is like purple like a neon you know it's like a very um interesting color and i had said that before we decided this light hit my skin title and so that just it just all kind of like came together in that way um yeah light you know so so broad so vast so worked out
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and how do you think that the three light interludes contribute to the overall
2: theme so light oh one the, the first one is is this like Musical interpretation of anxiety, and I think that um, personally, I've I've gone through tons of like anxious experiences as an independent artist and as an independent person, like going out into the world and trying to take care of myself from eighteen, and um, mm-hmm. and then just living in the modern world, like social media comparison money and in, you know, money envy or wealth and status envy all that kind of stuff i think that makes you i think we just can get very anxious and then also the um just the amount of like things that we see talk about feel all day so like light one to me is like bottling up all the anxiety so when i listen to the first five tracks of the project clico shower which kind of doubles as like a personal track but also an interlude or excuse me an intro I always mm-hmm. like try. I, I just believe in the first track when the project comes on. Fuck, fuck out all other shit, man. Make it tight. Whether it has <laughs> yeah. to do with the story, you know, make it tight. Make it fun and and in, interloop it with like interloop it, whatever with the with the rest of the album. Sure, it doesn't need to sound like a, a completely like by itself, but I definitely think you should take all these feelings and things and stuff and make it fun. And then when I go for you know from there to homecoming, pull up. I mean, pull up is literally about you know like wanting someone or or needing someone something finding that someone or something that you can sort of like when you when you I fainted one time on a train <laughs> Like on a, I was like on the metro train and I fainted because I don't know mm-hmm. I be I fainted and I fainted mm-hmm. one time on a train and I was on a train with this girl who wasn't even dating wasn't even like romantic or anything but when I fainted when I woke up I felt like, yo, you was, you had my back. Like, you really had my back. You really made sure, like, yo, he was like, watch out, watch out, i touching him with some water. Like, and mm-hmm. so for me, it's like, I just get all the way, all the way up to We Make. And when I look at, like, oh, one is sandwiched right in between enemies on my side, which is sometimes, you know, I could be my own enemy. We could, we could all be our own enemies. Um, mm-hmm. and, the, and the various enemies that are on my side, as far as, you know, logistic, like where I live you know that whole nine but um so talking about that that interlude and in anxiety and how it com- where it comes from and then light old two to me is sort of this um like the musical interpretation of like comparison and like worry and like uh like rushing like feeling like you have to get things done like right now or like if i don't do this then almost this sort of like snowball like of if i don't do this then this won't happen and this won't happen if i do this, then this happen, and this won't happen and this mm-hmm. and i like wrestled with a lot of those like feelings um like making this album and, and covid hit it was funny to even just listen to some of these interludes i was like wow man it's so crazy um because mm-hmm. they are feelings and stuff that go, they, go ahead I'm, i'd love to that
0: sorry but i i mean to cut you off really quick but like Listening to the interludes, I feel like, well, first of all, the title or the concept of the album is so layered and like open to interpretation, but the interludes as well. That's why I was like so um, interested in hearing like your perspective on what the interludes mean, because um, I think that they can mean different things to different people.
2: Sure. I mean, for me, they were all what we did when we created them was we sat down. Me, uh, Willemar Dwee, he's a producer I've been working with for a long time and uh, we sat down, and we just, like, talked about, like, I just, like, read him all these um, things. I had, I had actually written these things out, like, what I, I, I wrote down the musical interpretation of anxiety and all these words that I felt like. So, the sort of, like, arpeggiating, um, that little synthesizer, like, dun 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 dun, dun. I, mm-hmm. like, wrote, I told him, I was like, I feel like sometimes it's, like, you can know, feel like spikes, you know, pokiness throughout your body. Like, it just kind of, like, it's, so I, you know, I really tried to like just take my feelings and turn them into music. And Willem, Willem was great. Um at that. I actually don't think I would have been able to do that my individual self. I don't think I have as much production and experiences mm-hmm. as, as Willem. And he helped me with all three of those. And so I I I realized too that they could be like like my one the one regret that I have, and I don't even like to have regrets, but truly as an yeah. artist, I love music so much that um I got to go to therapy for this shit. I love music that much, but Mm -hmm. I I just wish that there's a part of me that feels like light 003 is this interlude that makes everything look better and Mm. makes it, sometimes I tell my brother, I'm like, bro, I don't know where you got the lyrics from, but when I sing it, because my brother is, you know, my biological brother, Cash Campaign is singing that that interlude. And and, um, I say, I don't know where you got these lyrics from, but it feels like, all of the like pain and worry that was above track track 12 Mm -hmm. is gone by the time I finished light old three. And now I'm just sort of like having this sort of like washed away experience with what you want, kind of running away with love and the curl and then untitled, kind of opening up and being like um, romantic and shit. And then in the madness having this sort of like, kind of face-to-face confrontation with it all was like I might love the madness I might have a vision for all this kind of stuff but I I know I want to go this way instead of that way and um so I'm pushing towards that way you know um Mm -hmm. and it all it all it all made sense to me and so I the only regret that I have is like I do feel that all of the stuff that I went through in COVID after the album was recorded like the album was done being recorded in 2019 2020 like february that was when we were wrapping up the last recordings yeah Covid happens in march i go through a lot of stuff by december of 2020 i feel like a changed individual like a changed person and i like in terms of i've i've learned the antidotes for a lot of these like things that i've gone through and mm-hmm. i sort of wish that i had time and not been trapped inside of like a house and limited to hanging out with two or three people at a time and sort of like had the normalcy of of like going into a studio and talking about these things and turn, and then computing them out into something and then kind of going back and, and just allowing it to flow to maybe get that sort of that real that that realization that I came to at the end of twenty twenty of just understanding sort of antidotes to all these like problems but I'm excited to sort of explore that now or my yeah. new in, in 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 the near future like I'm I never stopped making music but that's mm-hmm. just one thing I wish that I, I feel like, ah, you know, I wish that time, that time would have been so crazy. Everything would have been going so left and right. Yeah. I think it would have been a little bit easier for me to take all these feelings and thoughts, put them into a place and then get them down somewhere on some music and figure out how I'm going to make it fit in this already 15 track, 16 track project. But, I, you know, at a certain point, it was like a little too much going on, man. COVID and we got to get mixing and paperwork and get the shit uploaded, shoot a video. like, you know what? Mm-hmm. This project has everything, you know, that I need to say for it, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to like sharing with people on my next work, like what I've what I've learned. In the Absolutely, last, you know, year and a half or so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's something I think about as someone who's not putting out music is like every album or EP or whatever the release is is, is just like a timestamp of where yeah. you're at at that at that period of time, and that can be really uh beneficial and rewarding but it can also be a little bit trapping in in some ways. so it's interesting to hear like from your perspective how like the addition of time and also growth has changed like how you feel about certain things and in many ways you kind of answer your own questions or like your own problems that you're having so that is dope so, um, you talk about, uh, Berkeley on contact and people kind of giving you shit about it. What do you want people to know about Berkeley?
2: Um, I think is my main issue with it is just, I felt like, um, my main gripe with, with all that was I felt like people were giving me shit about it. And, um, I think at a time I was, I was so young, right. I kind of didn't, I didn't understand if it was like people giving me shit because it's like, no uh, oh man, I, we really we really feel um, a certain way for the city, and just you know if it was coming from this place of like um, it's just something real, or if it was like this. I guess I, I I guess I feel I feel like as a black person, I don't know where my original home is, and especially. For me personally, um, like my origin, my family's origin is is just um all over the place. Mm. My mom's from my mom's family from South Carolina, my dad's family, I don't know where my dad's family from. His dad died before he was 18. Mm. My pops kind of left my life when I was 18. Um you know what I mean? It's just, it's just the story of being African-American, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I Mm -hmm. I don't even really need to go into detail. People can really just open a book or watch a movie, anything like that. And so, um, Berkeley for me was like a, like a home. It It was like a first, it was like the first place where when I turned 17, where I chose to go myself and like make, make a foundation for myself where it wasn't, um, dependent upon where my parents are moving or this or that or these kids it was purely like actually some actual stability for myself and so the city to me it means something to me for that and then mm-hmm. it also means something because it was it, it maybe someone can make the argument that I could have landed anywhere and I would have been doing music but I I don't think so I think mm. I think that was that was a perfect spot for me to be Going out, learning things about myself socially, individual that that whole nine, learning things about the world culturally as an adult, get got a job, man, all these kind of things that happen, and then making relationships with people who are recording and producing. It just it just it it felt like um it was exactly what I like had hoped that it would be, and uh, a city that like welcomed me in, people that were very welcoming. It was multicultural. It's mm-hmm. I always say this: the air, the air in Berkeley is probably the best air in the mayor. I I say Mm -hmm. it all the time, and nobody, and that's why I know it's just a me thing. Like I know I just love Berkeley that much because as soon as I'm there and I'm breathing, I'm like, oh, I feel better already. Like that, you guys Mm -hmm. can can smell the air, like it's fucking fresh. It smells so much better than everywhere else. Like it's just, it's just so. Such a good place to be. Um
0: that's that's really interesting that you say that because I, I did read a pre like an interview you did recently and you said that you were thinking about moving to LA and I recently moved to LA and um it's I feel like if I felt that way about my hometown of New York, where I was like, wow, this is like the best city in the world, then that means that I should still be there. So maybe that was like an indicator for you that like there's still a chapter of your life that needs to be where you are
2: yeah I am going to LA so you know definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm going I mean I um, I I I put a I, I did I did I did my thing out here in the bay and um, mm-hmm. it just it's just you know I just don't really see no going further for me in 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 the bay right now um it's not mm-hmm. a lot of motivation for me right here a lot of my peers and stuff are 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 in LA Mm-hmm. um and i also feel like that's some shit i just gotta do like as much as i as as, yeah. as, as much as i love yeah. music i just feel like you know what if i don't go do the la thing i'll literally live my whole life hearing people tell me at cocktail parties why didn't you like ever go to la you know you're right mm-hmm. up the road you should you know so I'm, I'm gonna go run and do that 12 month lease fucking haul ass while i'm out there just go crazy for 12 months and we'll go from there you know, um, but but yeah. as far as what the city of Berkeley means to me, that that ain't never gonna change. And like I always, I already been said to myself, like, um, I already said to myself, like, I'm a I'm a love on the city of Berkeley, uh how it loved on me, regardless of what anybody says. And I want all smoke that comes with anybody having a problem with me in the city because my resume and what I'm gonna do for the city, what I've been doing for the city, stacks up beautifully. You know what I mean? It's gonna keep stacking up beautifully. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. we. Trying to help give more black people jobs and put more food in people's, you know, on people's plates, kids that, you know what I'm saying, that's less fortunate. A lot of other young artists trying to help get them opportunities that the city gave me, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. sort of supporting them, breathing life into them, sharing information with them about PR, people that I've worked with, labels and shit, that like that type of shit, to me, yeah. I feel like it's invaluable. And I give that back to the city because I feel like the city gave me, you know what I'm saying, a, a platform to shoot my videos and go to the studio and introduce mm-hmm me to my first job the girls I dated in swag clothes and shit I, I would you know swag I wear overseas and stuff so it's like I'm gonna always get back to the city it don't even matter to me no more that shit used to matter to me and that's why I put it out that's why I put the record out because I had recorded that line probably 2019 at some point like a little before I got to this point where I'm at now and I mm-hmm. said you know what like I want to put it out I want that like you said it's it's a timestamp, and I want I want I don't want to hide that from nobody I don't, that's how I felt. That's, that's really what I felt for the city and what I felt from people. And I want everybody to know that. And I'm going to tell you that to your face, you ask, and you know, you can listen to, it's just like, I'm just going to keep everything transparent because, um, I know my heart, you know what I'm saying? I know what I'm out here to do. So I'm going to come back to the city one day. I'm going to do my thing in LA, definitely come back to the city routinely. My family's out here, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I still have a lot of my friends, good people that, you know, they they come back and back and forth all the time. So, um, the city means a lot to me. The city of Berkeley means a lot to me, man. And it's also, um, where my mother and my aunt are actually like from, um, like born and raised, um, in Berkeley. My mom went to high school in Berkeley, my, my aunt, uh, the same. So for me it's like, shit, I went there and and, and I, I found it and, for my own reasons too. So 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 yeah. Um yeah, that's where I'm at with it.
0: Good. Um, I mean, I feel like there's something to be said about like because I lived in New York my whole life and I went to college in New York and I stayed at home. And it wasn't until recently I'm 27 that I moved out here, and I feel like just the the it's it's just a different feeling, like being away from your family and your comfort zone and everything, and having to like grow as like not like a baby adult, but like a real adult who has to like answer questions on their own and like like forge their own path. I so I I really encourage that, and I I know that like you'll you'll achieve everything that you want to out here because sure. it's
2: a beautiful place, but. Sure. Um, yeah, I'll I'm, see you out there, name, because I'm headed out. I'm I'm moving <laughs> on the fifth. On I'm moving on Monday, so wow,
0: yeah. big but, thing.
2: <laughs> if I if you if you ever want to do another interview or something, or if I drop some, you know, some more music or something, hit me up. I'll be around.
0: Okay, we'll do. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly take it over to the mental health section really quick, and then Ooh. I'll I'll let you I'll let you go. But um, what's your relationship to mental health and feel free to get as personal with that as you, as you want to. Yeah. Um, what does your journey look like? I know you've spoken a bit about anxiety on the record. So, yeah.
2: My uh, relationship with mental health is getting better. It's getting better. Like I, I think uh, uh, when I was like younger, I looked at it like in a more traditional way like oh oh like i ain't finna go to no therapy like i don't even and i was like and i was also like shit i don't even know how to go to therapy type shit like how to do that mm-hmm. and and um you know that was then the older the older i've uh, gotten i'm like i think i think therapy is is like a it's like a luxury you know what i'm saying and, and to have access to it is like it's like I have my access to running water, like like a shower. Like you should yeah. use that like all the time. Absolutely, um, fuck around and get cholera or something. Like you need to, you need <laughs> to use this modern advancement. This is beautiful. You go talk to someone, and it's their job to be unbiased. And um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've
2: I've done um, a few therapy sessions. I have not stuck with it as uh, as like a lot of stability in my life has has like prevented me from keeping a structure um, Mm -hmm. and keeping consistency with it however I do believe in um addressing like issues and I'm very honest with myself about what I'm feeling I try to I try to basically listen and do things that are like like listen to podcasts that can be therapeutic read books that can be therapeutic have conversations Mm -hmm. with my mom my siblings like if I'm not going to go to therapy um I really try to like open it up and, and not just hold it all in, because uh, I feel like that. I feel like that's the the culprit of like any any like major problem that I've ever had on the mental health side is just like kind of holding it in and hoping that it solves itself with time and and that one day I'll just make money and I won't have to worry about it. It's like yeah, you know, call a call a phone a friend. You know, what I mean, get on a an app or write it out in a journal. Like just kind of open mm-hmm. it up. And I've been doing that. And I think, I think that's just been real important for me, like just addressing and being like completely honest with myself about what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. And for sure, yeah, it's a, it's a goal of mine to be like in therapy routinely once a week or twice a week. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I kind of put off a little bit with the album and amount of time that it took to finish that and roll that out. It's kind of been getting in the way of me keeping that consistency but Mm -hmm. I don't want to make any more excuses, not about my mental health. You know what I'm saying? I want to get on top of that. So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. I think it's it's, necessary.
0: It's super crucial and necessary for people. And I feel like, you know, as someone who's grown up going to therapy as a child, and I'd like to joke that I'm very like highly therapized or whatever Mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make it any more or less significant when you get into it. I think it's just like acknowledging that that would benefit your life and like taking the steps to do it is I think the first step because also it's, it's hard finding those resources and it's work or whatever. So, um, you know, to anybody listening to the podcast, I feel like, you know, don't, don't shit on yourself because like you haven't done it consistently yet or you don't know much about it like you know Mm -hmm. whenever you get there it's about when you get there not about like it's about getting there not when you get there so
2: um
0: but yeah that's that's great to hear and i I hope that that journey continues to grow and like show you different things about yourself because it's definitely shown a lot to me Um, um so Thank you so much for your time. Um, I will just ask you one more question, and, and that's like, what, what has your, how has mental health in the Black community affected you? Like, what has it looked like in your experience, whether that's church or um, maybe a lack of mental health in, in the Black mental health community? But um, I'm interested in hearing your perspective.
2: Can you repeat that question one more time? But you said, "How has how has
0: how how has mental health shown up in in the Black community in your experience?"
2: Oh, dude, like I just feel like we um, we need as as the Black community, right? I'm about to get on my like, fucking uh, stand Soap on my box. soapbox like yeah <laughs> as the leader as the voice of the black community right now mm-hmm. <laughs> i think um i think we we could really benefit from i'm trying to figure out the word for this i saw one time on twitter <laughs> that um many there, there are a lot of people of color that live in like toxic like home environments and they have to like defend themselves at home like Mm -hmm. from toxicity like they have to protect their peace and i think that like systematic Mm -hmm. generational disenfranchisement and like segregation and um yeah i mean displacement like systematically can really like cause a lot of um Bad, like it's 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 like resentment. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's like the same thing that can happen for like a, a kid if they're not get, you know if they go long enough without getting like the love they need or something like that. That grows into resentment. You know they say abuse becomes the abuser. So it's like people who are put through you know trauma and torment they kind of pass that on and along. And I think my experience with mental health, primarily or, or, or the majority of my experience with mental health, has really just been like trauma like i just really see a lot of um a lot of my elders mm-hmm. even like the good ones quote unquote you know what i'm saying like the ones, yeah that are like homeowners you know have careers you know spiritually intact at morals they got all the stuff that they tell you to get like to be a functioning american you know they still are like because and it's like it's like almost almost like I can see it on them because I can see it on me. I can see like the trauma that I've either gone through because of my, my lack of familial structure at a time or whatever. And it'd be crazy sometimes because I'll be sitting there, maybe talking to somebody 50, 60 years old, and I'll be like, bro, I can see the hurt 12-year-old <laughs> mm-hmm. on you. Like I can like see yeah. that I can see how that has grown into a like bandage 63 year old but you're Mm -hmm. still that it's still there if you took the band-aid off it would still start bleeding like you're Mm -hmm. it's still there you haven't gotten it sewn up you've been putting like Robitussin on it for like 40 (laughs) years and because maybe it's a it's got a like weird cultural distinction in our you know in our race to go to talk to a therapist or to say like I think that my parents were, you know, toxic a little bit in the way they raised me, or I think the things that we learned and that we were, in, that were instilled in us for 18 years, some of those things were wrong. Like, I, yeah. I think like that, that's, that's my relationship with it. Um, right now is that I, I think the young generation, I think we're, we're really confronting mental health because I think that we have to sort of, we have to do it. I mean, like we, Mm-hmm. with all of the content and just meet them the content um you know propaganda patriarchy all these like things that are happening right now and it seems like it's almost like everyone's fighting for this like uh, like a like the like the stick the control like who's gonna come mm-hmm. out of you know this COVID thing and who's gonna be like wh- wh- which way are we gonna be going and um, I, so i feel like especially young people of color, we all have to confront our, our mental health issues because we actually cannot thrive in the game as it is today without that kind of stuff um, being checked with so much access to who you are. People can see you, your ex, your girlfriend, your clothes, your Mm -hmm. closet, your, your drafts, your tweets, your, like, they can see everything, your old stories, your Friday night party. So you really have to check this stuff because like when people come for you, you got to know who you are and what you are where you you know i mean and i think Mm our our um elders had a little bit more of a luxury of sort of like hiding in plain sight or just things just not being discussed shit just wasn't addressed you know what i'm saying they just never talked about certain shit it was just like well that's that's all we know and that's how things go Mm -hmm. so that's what we're gonna do and i definitely just want to see not only for older people of color but really all people i feel like in the, the era that I live in, right, like gay people are just walking around, living life, eating, singing, dancing, praying, loving, just living. And mm-hmm. I think like in the 60s and 70s and 80s, gay people were like sad and clos- closeted and worried. Duh, 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 duh. And it's like, that's traumatic, bro. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. traumatic. to if you were born in the 70s or 80s and you're gay and now it's 2020 something, you lived... 30 years of your life in like mm-hmm. hiding, you know? Um and you learn, like you learn how to like you learn how to exist like that. You you accept it. You said, "Okay, this is how I got to be." So I just think with mental health, I just want to see in the black community, I just want to see people like a lot of the taboo mental health things be like discussed and addressed and mm-hmm. and maybe like certain things is that may have spawned from slavery and segregation being unlearned i still see like old slave ways of elders talking to each other and stuff like that my family or you know what i mean referring mm-hmm. to each other or it's like it's like damn that's like you don't realize that that's a put down like what well, you're yeah. saying that that person's a put down like it's not a, it's like a put down and you're mm-hmm. making it it's funny because it's funny because it's not fun. it's like an actual put down you know it's like the same way that people used to call people fags in like 2003 it it was like a, it's a real put down it's mm-hmm. funny because it's like risk. you know you're not supposed to say it but it's also like really hurtful to either actual gay people or somebody struggling with their sexuality etc etc it's like mm-hmm. calling saying this to my calling to my dumb or saying this kind of like you know what i mean it, it sounds like oh we just say that all the time but it's actually like yeah. a put down and maybe it came from our former masters calling you dumb when you mm-hmm. did something wrong instead of like talking to you like a human. And now you talking to somebody like, you know, uh, three fifths of a human. Like, mm-hmm. so that, that's all. That, that That's really where I'd be at with it. Um, I just think we could really address a lot of former, you know, old issues or wounds that, that we've just kind of bandaged to keep mm-hmm. on going, to keep fighting in this country, to keep making it, to keep to stay alive another day and put my kids through college pay my bill, yeah. get a house i think for sure we've gotten to a point yeah we can talk about that stuff so yeah
0: absolutely i and i feel like it's a learning curve for the older generation but um i think that more of them are turning are, are becoming more open to it than they were sure. prior
2: sure. um
0: so that's beautiful so thank you Definitely. for all of that caleb
2: yeah, thank you oh. for thank you for having me, Brianna. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, no problem. I wish you the best on your move and I hope that people will continue to enjoy the album and we'll all look out for what's next for you.
2: Thank you. And uh I'm excited to see where it goes to. Uh you <laughs> might see me out in LA sitting on the street somewhere eating a burrito. You know, that's how okay. I'll come through, <laughs> do a little right. Millie Rock real quick. <laughs> Word it was good. It was good talking to you and uh, have a good rest of the day. Wish you the best with the podcast as well.
0: Thank you. All right. Have a good one.
2: All right. You too. Peace.
0: Bye. All right, well, thank you to Caleb for being my guest this week. I certainly enjoyed talking to him and learning more about the album. The album is incredible. Go ahead and stream it if you haven't already. It's called Light Hit My Skin. What a beautiful title. And now I'm gonna jump straight into the final thoughts of the show. And my final thoughts have to do with, obviously, the pandemic, because we're still here, um, unfortunately, though the light is at the end of the tunnel. Um, We've heard a lot being said about how the coronavirus is a collective trauma that is occurring to all of us at the same time, which is relatively unprecedented and has been a wild ride as you will know um, but now we're seeing a lot of people getting vaccinated we're seeing things open up again we're seeing concerts come back we're seeing employee employers ask their employees to come back to work and um, I think that we're going to see the second part of what that trauma looks like because when you ask people who have been cooped up in their homes for and scared of the world for over a year to re-engage. Of course, that's exciting, but it's also such a time of anxiety and fear and weirdness because you don't know what the future holds and everything is kind of in limbo. But what I want to leave people with is that like i said this this is all this hasn't really been done before all we know is how we feel and how we feel is valid so however you feel about a return to normalcy you're entitled to that feeling and i think that this is a great opportunity to assess what your life looks like previously what your life looks like now and what you want your life to look like in the future because this is a great time period to actually make strides towards having the life that you, you want, and not just kind of going through the motions. So I hope that had, or I hope that gave you a piece of solace. And I, I full heartedly thank you for listening to this podcast and this episode in particular. Um, Please support the show by subscribing and leaving a rating on iTunes. We're on Um, Instagram at lesser known self. And I hope to return with more episodes in the near future. Um, But for now, take care, keep an eye on your energy and your mental health
2: and be well. Thank you.